Welcome to episode 36 of the Alan Badger podcast. My name is Tim and I'm joined by my very good friend Helen. We are two Christians who are seeking to understand the world around us through a biblical worldview. We want to encourage our listeners to apply critical thinking to current events and pursue truth as we seek to live for Christ. Good morning, Helen. How are you today? How's your weekend going so far? Good morning. I'm well, thank you. Um, Yes, my weekend's going well so far. I'd like Good. a bit more sun. It was raining yesterday. Not very the, happy about that. The weather was pretty pretty rotten yesterday, wasn't it? Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I watched the um, I watched a bit of the Fastnet race. Are you familiar with the Fastnet race? I am. I grew up by the sea. Yes, I am. And um, I, I yeah, watched watched a bit of that as they were coming through the um, Solent and. It was it was grim. It yeah. was grim. I was surprised how many how many boats actually do it because for some reason I was thinking there's only a few boats that do it, but there there were loads, absolutely yeah. loads. And uh, some some of them are are really quick. In fact, by yes, I think the race started. Was it one o'clock or two o'clock yesterday? I don't know. It must be one o'clock. Maybe it was two o'clock. Anyway, started yesterday one or two o'clock, and um. It, it's uh, the, the fastest boats go first, and by yesterday, sort of tea time, the two fastest, which were these kind of massive trimarans, they were near. Um, they were at the other side of Plymouth. They'd done yeah. 140, 150 miles already. It's, it's astonishing. Yeah. Um, but the weather was grim, and it was, and apparently, <laughs> apparently, a boat sunk off the off the needles. Somebody oh, said. So I, I hope everybody was okay. But um, yeah, pretty, pretty, pretty impressive. But you didn't, you didn't, didn't. Do you venture outside then, where you were? Um, I have to say, I think I stayed indoors the whole day, which is very unusual for me. No, it was just raining all day. Yeah, it it felt like it felt like a um, October day, but warm. Yeah, yeah. Little, little, <laughs> little strange. Little strange. I'm, I'm sure. I'm sure we can probably. I'm sure we're allowed to blame it on um, on, on climate climate change, aren't we? Global warming. Or global something, warming. Yeah. Must be global warming. Yes. Right. Okay. Well, let let's move on. So in this this podcast, we're going to cover a few. We're going to try a little bit differently. Um, in the sense of we're going to just whistle stop through some topics that have caught our eye, and as ever, we're going to try and draw your attention to things that we think are interesting and important, and also just. As ever, hopefully, our intention is to give a good reminder that uh, Jesus is coming back, and every day we are getting closer to that at point, and we need to be looking up, getting others ready, getting ourselves ready as we seek to live for Him. And a lot of what happens in the world points us towards that, and whether that happens in our lifetime or not, uh, they still can um, draw our attention to that amazing truth of Jesus returning. Um, uh, and just to put my cards on the table, I, I do think it would be sooner rather than later. But anyway, time, as they say, will tell. So um, let's just—I just want to have a, just a brief chat about about this because this is this has been in the, in the news. If we're in the UK, if you haven't, if you're listening from somewhere else in the world, and um, one of the things that we are struggling with, and many places in the West are struggling with, is inflation and the effect that 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 has and what let, let me start Alan. what what do you think about our prime minister rishi sunak um i was asked that on the doorstep actually because we had elections on thursday oh, okay. we had a by-election yeah uh 
not a lot, actually. I'm sure he's a very nice man. <laughs> I, I, I remember him and my slightly greener behind the, the ears days in March 2020. Um, I remember watching him on, um, you know, the daily... Um, I was going to say the daily podcast, the daily, the daily, the daily um, propaganda cast that they did behind the the lecterns of you know stay uh, home, yeah. keep safe, don't put the washing out, or whatever the slogan was, and <laughs> um, he he was he was you know quite impressive then. I remember thinking, wow, this guy, this guy is prime minister material. You know, he's, he's so generous, giving us all this money. And um, <laughs> anyway, yeah, I, I soon I soon realised I was being ridiculous in 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 generosity side. But he did become prime minister. He um, did. And anyway, he he is he's been basically telling the country that you know things pass possibly that the the worst is over with with interest rates going up. Whether this whether this is the case or not, who knows? Because uh, a headline is only valid for a few hours, isn't it, Helen? Um, but what what strikes me is is kind of this odd here is that well is is the weekly shop if you like that we that no um, there'll be no indications that that inflation is coming down yet. I mean, this is the this is the news stating the blindingly obvious, <laughs> clearly. Um, but you know, it says things like food, food and drink last month cost seventeen point three percent, as if the point three percent actually matters to anybody more than it did a year ago. Um, and whilst the energy price cap edged down in April, um, or oh, edged down a few quid, it's still like, but effectively twice as much as it was a couple of years ago. But let's not talk mm. about that part. Um, it, it's 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 kind of a situation where they're trying to sort of play down the consequences i suppose do you know what i mean because you obviously you, you you do food shopping as well helen because i'm sure you eat with your family um yeah. but i know i know my wife's is telling me a lot a lot of the time because she does most of the shopping in our house that um prices are just just ridiculous do you, yeah. do you think the same thing yeah they seem to be constantly going up um you know we all we all know that we all experience that so um, I'm not sure why why Sunak's feeling so optimistic um, with his predictions, but but it's the reality for families up and down the country, isn't it? Um, prices are continuing to go up. Maybe yeah. they're steadying a little bit. It's difficult. It's difficult to know, isn't it? I, I I hope that I hope they don't continue to go up any any further. But we we really. You know, one thing one thing we've learnt, I think, more than ever, is that it's 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 very difficult to to say what's definitely going to happen. We can only really speculate, can't we, in these these kind of areas? But um, it, it's not surprising that the prime minister is 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 has always got a smile on his face, uh, certainly from a worldly point of view, because because his net worth is is in a region of seven hundred and thirty million. I'll say that again because it probably wasn't clear enough. Seven hundred and thirty million, and that's pounds, not dollars. As is how I mean, you know, at the end of the day, his his own money, in in a sense, I guess, is you could argue that is his business. But for a prime minister, he's not going to be in touch with the real world by any reasonable, um, uh, you know, assessment here of, of of how he kind of relates to everyday life. That's just ridiculous to even suggest that not that many prime ministers are in the first place but him particularly i think uh not that this is a, a political podcast it isn't but um 
that that's a lot of money, isn't it, Helen? Um, it is, yeah. And I think that's the trouble with all these, um, you know, bankers and financiers. And we hear all these reports about inflation and, um, you know, targets and interest rates and everything. But it's it's just to me, it seems like it's a game of numbers to them. Um, but the cost of living increases, they hurt the poorest in society, and um, it's not it's not a game. You know, it's, I no, help at not. a food bank, and um, you know, I see people who who are coming in, and and particularly the elderly, those who are struggling with ill health, um, young families on low incomes. It's really tough. It is. It is. It is really. It's really challenging for people, definitely, and and I think the whole. Um, I think it's slightly irksome, really. How how have you noticed how everything's branded now? So it's branded the cost of living crisis, yeah, and it has this sort of almost communist esque, socialist esque ring to it in the sense of everybody get behind the new thing, which is the cost of living crisis. Yeah. That's what you must call it. That's what you must refer to it as. <clears throat> and everybody must get behind this. And it has a certain ring to that, which is which is slightly unnerving, I think. Um, well, it I also, myself- don't you think, it, it has like, um, it's as if it's n- nobody's fault or it's coming from outside. Yes, yes. So, yes, exactly. you know, well, yeah. it's nothing to do with us, the government, or, you know, people making decisions in this nation. It's just the crisis that suddenly come upon us. No, it's you know it's nothing nothing to do with you know our banking system that, that that goes back many years. It's nothing to do with what happened in two thousand and seven and two thousand eight and everything that happened before that. It's it's nothing to do that, with the fact that we just print money like you know it, it's going out of fashion or um, we you know we put ourselves in a, such a massive deficit never seen since before the end of the Second World War. For example, nothing to do with that, is it? But it's definitely Russia's fault. That's the main thing. Um, and uh, yeah, I'm sure you know it's uh, what happens in the world. Obviously, does have an impact on it. But yes, you're right. It's it, it is it is about creating this uh, this narrative that we've seen all too often. But anyway, right. Let's move on because we've got more more interesting things to talk about than um, our prime minister and his his. Um, Policies. Do you want to go for the next one, Helen? Come on, because I'll, I'll dump you in the deep end here. Because King, I'll, I'll, I'll have a go. King Lawal, Lawal, is it Laurel? Laurel? How do you say? I'm it? not we sure. Were talking King about this Lowell, before, we? I think. <laughs> Forgive yeah, us that... if we get this wrong. It's not intentional. Yeah. No, it's not intentional. Um, so he's a Christian who has been suspended as a counsellor, um, and uh, and then various other things after a tweet. Uh, shall I read what he Yeah, what he go wrote? for it. Yeah, what did um, he say? So, well, a bit of context. So he's a councillor in Northamptonshire mm-hmm. um, and has been suspended from the Conservative Party and said he, says that he has been cancelled by six other organisations also after expressing his religious beliefs on social media. Um, this was in response to images of pride parades organised by LGBT groups at the end of last month. And this is what he wrote. When did pride become a thing to celebrate? Because of pride, Satan fell as an archangel. Pride is not a virtue, but a sin. Those who have pride should repent of their sins and return to Jesus Christ. He can save you. 
well, he's not wrong. Um, that's 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 what we can ascertain from uh, from his tweet. He is spot on with with that. Um, it's interesting, isn't it? This this other this other phrase. Just before we talk about this, is this is this thing of being cancelled? I've you know people get cancelled and. Um, they often talk about cancel culture, which which we seem to have now. Um, but it really is it really is a thing where where the the means by which people can communicate with others, mainly through social media, can be switched off if you step outside the uh, perceived boundaries of of what you should and shouldn't say. Yeah. Um, who are set by those in control? Um, yeah. But. It's 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 the first time I've heard somebody approach the issue of, of pride in this way, actually. I thought that was quite interesting to actually talk about pride, not in the sense of, of, of gay pride, but in the sense of being proud. Um, and to talk about that and to say that it, it is a sin. And he's right about that. He's yeah. right about that. And it's a real gospel. Um, there's, a, there's a good gospel drive in there because saying... Is calling out repent. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and interestingly, he didn't um Twitter apparently have done nothing, you know, they don't see a problem in in what he's written. Oh, uh, oh, so okay. Okay. so yeah. he hasn't been he hasn't actually this time been cancelled uh from the social media front. It's it's his job and then the repercussions from that, the Conservative Party. Um I think he also his um, his actual day job with a nursing and care business he has mm-hmm. had to um, resign from his position as a trustee of a children's charity and his position on school academy trust so that's pretty big impact it is isn't it and and what i mean <laughs> he's been cancelled from the council so um there we go that that's his it's uh, it's pre- pretty pretty shocking, but it's 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 interesting that he that, that all these different organisations, the Cancelling Council, the Conservative Party, um, the Nursing and Care Business, the Trustee, or the Children's Charity that that took, that, that removed him as a trustee. Um, Presumably, I'm, I guess he's talking here as well about the fact that he's a trustee in a, a school academy or a governor. What are they saying here? What are they saying? The, 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 what they're really saying, maybe without realising it, is that they don't want somebody on their in their kind of sphere of influence, if you like, on their various boards, who is willing to stand for something that actually matters. What they're yeah. saying is, we we just want identical people who just say yes, sir, no, sir, and toe the party line. Follow the narrative. Don't really put your head above the parapet. You're a in quotes team player. That insidious phrase. <laughs> um, and uh, good men and women get ousted because of that. And what you end up with is sometimes the worst people. Yeah. I'm afraid. Yeah. Um, but well, yes. Well, he said, um, it's now impossible to say something biblically truthful on mm. sexual ethics in the UK in UK society without being cancelled and having your life ruined. 
what I said was biblically sound and a protected expression of the Christian faith. I listened to an interview with him and he sounded very reasonable. He sounded like a genuine Bible-believing Christian with Orthodox Christian views that he wasn't he wasn't frightened to talk about. Um, and it's just another example, isn't it, of this warped idea of tolerance where yes, yes you must tolerate, tolerate us, but we will not tolerate you. You almost and came up with a new word there, tolerize. Tolerize, yeah. <laughs> I will not yeah, tolerize no, you're you. right though. You're, you're, you're totally, totally correct on this. Um, what the counsellor says sums it up, doesn't it? Um, who's this? Jason Smithers, leader of the North Northamptonshire Council, said North Northamptonshire Conservative Group are an inclusive group. Mm, okay. We continue to be committed to reducing inequality with our, within our communities and creating a fair and inclusive environment for everyone. We fully support our LGBTQ plus community and we support all communities. You can just imagine him almost talking like a robot when he says this. He's yeah. been programmed. You, This is the line you will say it. You will put words in a certain order, which, if thought about, will make sane people upset because they realise that this is just fraud. <laughs> by, by you saying that we are inclusive whilst simultaneously excluding somebody. Yeah. Exactly. Makes 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 any rational person realise you are talking utter nonsense, which he is. Yeah. Um, and clearly not supporting all communities. He's clearly not supporting the Christian community. No. No. And and, and um King um King is right when he talks about, you know, the protected characteristic, which again is is a kind of it's a, a diversity, equity, and inclusion term often that's used. Protected characteristics, but he, you know, he's using he's using the system back at them there, where he says, you know, um, he talks about a protected expression of of the Christian faith, and and if 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 you cannot talk about your faith in truth, in other words, saying it as it is then something's, something's deeply wrong. But something is deeply wrong. We're, we're, it's not a case of asking that question. We now know the answer to that question. Something is deeply wrong. Um, and yeah. I, I, I hope, I really hope that there are Christian leaders in the area where King lives who are speaking up in his defence and maybe one or two Christian organisations leaping to offer him maybe some new new positions. Well, have you, that heard, would be have good, you heard of anything? It? I mean, it's the kind of thing no. Christian concern might take up. Um, yeah, I hope so. Um, you know, there's not enough courageous and competent Christians out there um, holding Orthodox Christian values. So, um, yeah, it, it, yeah. And, and I think it's that drive, isn't it? You know, you know that that whole thing, Helen, where you where you have the um, where you have your public faith and you have your private faith, and it very much is a place now where as christians where we are we are well we'll get we'll get onto this a bit later on actually we're told you can you can have you can have a, a public faith as long as you don't actually proclaim that faith or you just proclaim a false faith like somebody like steve chalkwood um but if you are going to proclaim your faith as king would then please don't do it in public we'll just allow you to do that in private and and this is this is kind of that what we're seeing now and there is a cost isn't there attached to um like you say being orthodox and 
standing for and and sticking to and proclaiming the truth. Yeah. Um, Yeah. yeah. I I think it's also worth pointing out that what he said didn't, wasn't in any way, it wasn't about anyone in particular. There was nothing personal in there. He was making a general point. Hmm. Yeah, that's that's, that's, Um, that's a good good observation. So I don't know how anyone could be accused of hate speech, which isn't, it's not directed at anyone. You know, be a little bit different if he'd if he'd said what he'd said in response to a particular person, but he but he hadn't. What you've you've unearthed something really important there because actually what 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 we're seeing now is this isn't this isn't like say this is not directed to a particular person. What this is directed towards is an ideology. Yeah, and what we're seeing now is you're not allowed to bad mouth in quotes the ideology exactly and that that is tyrannical that's how tyranny gets in when you can't question what's happening when you can't verbalize dissent when you can't show that and this is this is where we are at now in the United Kingdom, and I, and I suspect other countries in the West are at. It's not overstating it. it. It's it's the reality. And yes, we can, I suppose, give some pushback. With, but the general direction of travel isn't going our way. Um, right. But I think you know that's what the Bible tells us were is going to happen. So we really shouldn't be surprised about that i don't think um but do do pray for king and um do pray for um uh, wisdom for him and i don't know if he's got a family or not uh, but just that he would um know what to do and have some doors open to him and maybe pray that the church leaders in that area might have the courage to to speak up because church leaders are community leaders like like a counselor sorry a counselor is and um, sometimes the silence from church leaders is deafening. Yeah. Unless unless it's about something nonsensical and ridiculous like climate change. <laughs> um, but anyway, let's, shall we move on? Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's a linked topic next, isn't it? Oh, it Another is. Yes. So cancellation. <laughs> we're, we're, we're going to talk about somebody now who, who definitely does divide opinion. And, um, who, the, the, and that's Nigel. Farage, and I'm sure many, uh, if not most, uh, or all of our listeners will have will have heard about the um, uh, situation with his bank account with the the Coots Bank, and how that was how he had his bank account um, cancelled. Again, we got that word, and it's been rumbling on a, a, a bit of a while. This story now, a few weeks, but um, it turns out that the that Nigel Farage's account with Coots Bank was was closed because of his political views. Um, and it's interesting that uh, he had to work quite hard, it sounds like, to get the documents from the bank to prove that this happened. I have no idea how, he, how he'd do that. Uh, but then he is a politician, isn't he? Um, 
so basically he's 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 Farage has said apparently I'm I'm a risk to the bank I have virtually no links of any kind to Russia whatsoever this is political there is no other way of looking at it because one of the things they've they've that, that, that it was alleged that he had links to Russia as well and um again we see that Coots bank is signed up to um, a corporate diversity scheme so the same thing that that councillor in Northampton was talking about, same kind of thing. Um, and it pledges to tackle racism, transphobia, classism, classism. Okay, that's a new one. I know what that means, but I've not heard it put that way before. Sexism and xenophobia. Apparently, the scheme states that it's not enough to be quietly non-racist and non-sexist and urges corporate leaders to actively campaign on equality issues. That's sinister, isn't it? <laughs> Do you think, Helen? Isn't that... Isn't that sinister? It's not enough to be quietly non-racist, non-sexist. It's the opposite of what we were talking about with public-private in in church, wasn't it? So, if you held, if you like, held um, a pro-LGBT view ten years ago, let's say, let's pick a pick a figure out. Yeah, ten years ago, it would be very much probably more of a case that unless it was Pride Week, you would kind of keep those views to yourself. So it'd be like, that's my private faith, if you like. These are my private beliefs. I don't air them in public. And what it's almost like Christianity and, and the, the woke ideologies have changed places. So now it's Christianity that has to keep everything private. But all the woke ideologies, for one of a, a, a more accurate phrase, they um, they're now saying, well, actually, we're, we're, you can't keep them private. You have to declare them publicly. And by the way, those who aren't declaring these beliefs publicly, we know who you are now because we can see. Because you're not waving a flag, you're not wearing a lanyard, you're not having a pin, you're not you're not clapping, you're not doing whatever the next thing is that everybody has to do in order to show their support. Yeah. Well, there's a whole and there's a whole range of sins there, isn't there? That they mm-hmm. that they would list. I mean, apparently, um, these documents um, that Farage got them to release. Um, there was a forty-page dossier, and it included things like um, that he'd retweeted something—a Ricky Gervais joke about trans women. Um, it also documented his friendship with tennis player Novak Djokovic. Um, who is opposed to COVID vaccinations. That's what it says. So obviously bad man uh, to be friends with. Um, Flagged concerns that he was xenophobic and racist. Uh, Mentions uh, Brexit and his alleged links to Russia, which is what you'd mentioned. Brexit. I mean, you're talking (laughs) about Nigel Farage here. It's like, (laughs) this is Mr. Brexit, you know. (laughs) Isn't it? I mean, the question I would ask is: Has any? I don't know if anybody's asked this question, but why on earth is a bank holding this kind of information on somebody? Well, surely, surely there is a GDPR issue there, isn't there? I because don't know. GDPR, I, I do know this. It states that you're only allowed to hold information that's actually relevant. So yeah, well, none of it's relevant, is it? No, none of it's relevant. So, 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 sure. So, how how can how can your support of um, a tennis player who's got his head screwed on be relevant to your your bank account. I mean, it's 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 very it's very strange. It's very strange. Um, maybe they've maybe um, your bank 
because I'm sure you bank with Coots as well, Helen. Maybe maybe they've got a file on you. Maybe they do have. Maybe you should do like a a subject access request and a freedom information request on yourself to see see what... um, what you're associated with there'll probably be a file saying the owl is um is a person of interest yeah probably <laughs> we, we are monitoring <laughs> her yeah <laughs> <laughs> um but anyway this story gets better because uh, our friends the bbc they 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 have an in quotes journalist called simon jack and he um basically did a um uh a, a, a kind of reporting, shall we say, on the fact that um, Farage's account was closed for commercial reasons, which was factually untrue. And he was very, the BBC were very quick to put this out, as some of you may remember. And um, it then became clear through what Farage said that the um truth of the matter was that his account was closed for ideological reasons and the BBC have issued a um, clarification but it's not issued an apology and what's interesting is it sounds like this BBC editor uh, Simon Jack uh, the person who did the uh, article he he was sat next to the chief executive of NatWest Dame Alison Rose uh, the night before the story was published so the BBC in in you know they don't always apologize for things but often they'll bend over backwards if it suits the overall narrative to say oh we're really sorry we got this wrong but of course they would i don't think they'd be reluctant at best to do that with somebody like nigel farage but we mustn't forget and this is really important the bbc have this thing called bbc verify uh, where they want to make sure that that you, the people of the United Kingdom, are getting the truth, and you're being shielded from misinformation and disinformation and lies and and corruption. Well, the BBC probably should have verified their own facts before allowing the story to go out, and they haven't. And and again, it's just highlighting, I think, the absurd, um, the absurdness of trusting the BBC. So if you, if you watch the BBC and you trust them then um, our advice would be to stop doing that because you will be hoodwinked. But it's just an interesting example of that. But he's not the only person who's been cancelled in this way, has he, Helen? No, no, he's not. And, um, you know, Nigel Farage is... is, you know, a well-known figure, and um, he's he's made a um, all the headlines on this. But but there are apparently people up and down the country um, where this has happened to them. And one example is Vicar Richard Fothergill, and some of you may know who he is. He heads up the filling station Christian mm-hmm. network, and he had his bank account with Yorkshire Building Society closed after he wrote to complain about the LGBTQ propaganda that they were peddling. And he said that all he did was respond to the bank's own request. I think it was an email where they'd asked for feedback. So he thought, okay, well, I'll tell them what I think. Um, And he said he'd only written a couple of paragraphs saying he didn't think it was appropriate. And in the note they sent back, the building society claimed their relationship had um, broken down with him and that they had a zero tolerance approach to discrimination. So they got a zero tolerance approach to their own (laughs) behaviour then is what they're basically saying. 
Amen. Well, yeah, Just their behaviour doesn't count, does it? No. Um, no. So Reverend Fothergill said, I wasn't even aware that our relationship had a problem. They are a financial house. They are not there to do social engineering. I think they should concentrate their efforts on managing money instead of promoting LGBT ideology. I know council culture exists, and this is my first first-hand experience of it. I wouldn't want this bullying to happen to anyone else. Yeah, yeah. And again, this this in, in Reverend Fothergill's um, experience here, th this is an example of standing for truth, which is linked to standing for your faith, and there being a cost to that. And so far, for the majority of professing Christians in this country, we have been shielded from that. But I think that's going to change fairly rapidly over the next few years, where if we are going to have a faith that is worth anything, it's going to cost us. And I think we need to prepare ourselves for that. We need to prepare ourselves spiritually for that. Uh, we need to prepare ourselves physically and mentally for that. Um, and I'm not, this isn't about being doom and gloom. This is just the reality. Now, uh, yeah. What, I mean, it's, yeah, because th this kind of thing, this that happened to, you know, Reverend Fothergill, that happened to Nigel Farage, a few years ago, you would have been outlandish to, 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 to hear about something like this. It would be like a, yeah. oh, the, the, the bank have made a administrative error. But this this is is sadly more commonplace than than we know. I mean, if you if you listen to somebody like uh, Toby Young, if you ever have that uh, weekly entertainment um, of the London Calling podcast between James Tellingpole and Toby Young, which is quite quite insightful of the the awakening of sleep, shall we say? Um, the the Toby Young has you know he's he heads up the Free Speech Union. They do a lot of really good work and. They, he, he, well, he has had his, his PayPal account um, deactivated. I think it is reinstated now, but because because of you know again for ideological reasons. So so this this is not this is not unfortunately a flash in the pan. Uh, but but why bank why banks of all people you know the corrupt banking system why they think they have any reason to. Uh, declare sort of moral supremacy over their customers is is beyond me to even begin to fathom what 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 on earth is going on in their heads. Well, it's crazy, isn't it? And it's um and it's it's really quite sinister. It I mean, is. banks don't have uh, they sh they have no right to deny anyone a bank account unless there's a reason to do with unlawful activity or you know financial misconduct or something. Um. And then, of course, if your bank account has been closed, I think I'm right that when you go to another bank and ask for a bank account, one of the questions they'll ask is, have you been refused a bank any account anywhere else? And as soon as you say yes, they won't give you one. So, I mean, imagine how difficult it is to try and live without a bank account. I mean, there are there are others. I mean, Katie Hopkins is an example, isn't she? I think this happened to her some years ago um, and, and nobody really you know, was bothered then. It's happening to a lot more people now and it's becoming, um, you know, this is how it happens, doesn't it? it? It starts in a small way and nobody really knows what's happening and then and then it snowballs. Um, mm. Yeah, it's, it's mm. a real problem. 
It is, and without a bank account, like I say, you can't, you can't to to live is very, very, very difficult, very difficult. Um, so you, you're you, you're to 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 put that mildly. I mean, it, it's it's ironic. I thought um, this is in the news yesterday that the the former prime minister Boris Johnson, he's kind of waded into this this whole thing because he he writes for the Daily Mail now, I believe, doesn't he? And um, he called for the chief executive NatWest. So, so NatWest Bank, they are the holding company of which Coots Bank is a subsidiary. Okay, so so that's why that's what NatWest have got to do with all this. And Boris Johnson called for the the chief executive to resign if 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 it was true that they have found to have leaked details to the BBC. But this this is the same guy, Boris Johnson, who told the nation to stay home on a false pretense of a deadly virus. Remember that. So he's hardly he's hardly something to listen to. But the worst part is this. He says, he goes on to say, this is what Johnson says. He goes on to say, this is far more about, this is, sorry, this is about far more than the bank account of one person. It's about freedom under the law for everyone in this country. It is about freedom to think and say what you believe, provided you don't break the law, without fear of open or covert persecution. So I, I think, Helen, this is this is nothing more than double speak. Either we have freedom of expression or we don't. But he, he Johnson inserts that chilling little little um, caveat, doesn't he? Provided you don't break the law. So this is this is what I'm afraid. This is what an expert politician sounds like. They appear to uphold values that people can relate to, while simultaneously undergirding and promoting tyranny in this case and that's and seriously you know use the word tyranny a lot this is not overstating it if, if you think if you think that if you're listening to this it's thinking oh you're talking about tyranny and and this is nothing of the sort you know tyranny doesn't arrive on a bus called tyranny at the tyranny bus stop and tyrannical agents of tyranny get off the bus and then say right we're now in a tyrannical state it doesn't work like that only only a fool would think that how it works is very slowly and very incrementally. And you need to read a book like uh, Rod Dreher's Live Not By Lies, where he speaks to people who used to live uh, in the Soviet Union, and they tell of their deep, deep alarm at the West now that they cannot. most people cannot see the creep of tyranny. So, so when we talk about this, we're not overstating it. Um, we're simply calling something out for what it actually is, but yeah, it, this is this is this is a pretty pretty bleak situation. Um, yeah, and uh, when you said about the um, where he said, "Provided you don't break the law," well, we've already seen um, people like him amending the law to make it illegal, for example, to pray. Or say mm. certain things, which has happened in Scotland, or uh, or to leave your house, which is what he did. All of those things have happened, and then you no longer have those freedoms. Yes, that's yes, yeah, that's 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 a very good point, and and we've got to remember this. And and I think I think some people might say, oh, you're not banging on about COVID again. I well, actually, yes, because because that was only uh, first of all, it was less than three years ago, um, and it, it is important that we learn from history especially recent history um but that that's that's really really vital to re to remember this that the law was changed in order that freedoms can be removed and uh, and again 
that's that's how tyranny works. Although I would say that the law was changed unlawfully. <laughs> yes, well, I'd agree with that as well. Yeah, yeah, totally, totally right. Shall we move on? Shall we move on? Um, yeah. So there's a there's a really um, interesting and interesting chap, uh, Rob Slane. He um, he authors the blog Meyer blog. Um, we, we'd love to chat to him at some point, but he really is like the 18. He's, He's very, very elusive. Very hard to get hold of. But anyway, <laughs> if anybody knows him, then do do say we'd love to speak to him at some point. But but he he always comes up with some good things. And he, he incidentally, actually, he he was he was in quotes cancelled from or deplatformed from Twitter for a while. Um, but he's he's back on there. Uh, since uh, Elon Musk took over from super woke Jack Dorsey. Um, but anyway, he said, uh, Rob Slane, uh, Blogmire, he said this on Twitter. He said, the global climate cabal, that was a hashtag, is moving swiftly to its aim of imposing climate lockdowns, rationing every aspect of your life and wrecking modern civilization. They're a doomsday cult and you're in the midst of their global psyop and it has nothing to do with science. Personally, I agree with that. I think he's absolutely right. And this segues us nicely into this next topic, which is the Gold Eco Award for Orkney Congregations. Um, so the reason why I mentioned what Rob Slane said is because I think, it, if I'm honest, it, 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 does, it feels quite depressing I'm afraid when you see the church swallowing this psyop whole, and uh, we have this thing called the Eco Award, and this particular this particular one is 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 from Eco Eco Congregation Scotland. I just want to read out a bit about this bit, Helen. Is that right? Because it just yeah. it just it just gives a little bit more context of what these guys are doing. So th- this is what they say about themselves, just to give you a bit of overview. It says. Both the Bible and Christian tradition have some vital and profound insights into care of what the world terms the environment, but which the church understands as God's creation. Approaching environmental issues through Christian lenses offers valuable ethical and spiritual dimensions that may contribute to environmental work both within and outside the church. It is also an approach filled with hope. So often environmental issues are dealt with against the background of fear and threat. We should stop doing activity X because otherwise environmental problem Y will happen. Without minimising the gravity scale or urgency of environmental issues, the starting point for caring for the earth for Christians is as, is as a proper response to a loving creating God. Caring for creation is a key Christian task. Exploring green Christianity can be a positive, enjoyable and fulfilling part of Christian discipleship. As with all theology, Christian care for the environment needs to be rooted in a consideration of the biblical heritage. So Eco Church Scotland, they work with churches across all denominations to help them reduce their environmental impact and engage with their local communities to promote a Scotland which cares for God's creation. And um, recently, the eco-congregation chaplain, a a person called uh, Reverend David Coleman, uh, an ordained minister of the United Reformed Church, he visited the islands, Orkney Islands, remember Orkney, um, uh, whilst on a trip, trip there to personally hand over gold awards to each of the two congregations because Eco Church Scotland offer bronze, silver and gold, gold awards. And uh, he he says, we are sisters and brothers to those who hope that... I'll start again, sorry. We are sisters and brothers to those whose 
homelands are sinking, whose crops have failed, the migrations of whose relatives, as they see them, the animals, the birds, are disrupted. He goes on to say, we can no longer take it for granted that God's will is done in the heavens, the earth, the sky, the climate, as we pray it be done on earth. And then he says, nothing you've done here will completely fix the planet, the climate or nature as a whole. And yet its value is immense because you have realised that being church here in this place gives you that permission to be who you are, to offer what you can to the glory of God. So over to you, Helen. Where do you start with this one? <laughs> um, well, just to pick up on one of those things that he said there, you, um, which you just read out, we can no longer take it for granted that God's will is done in the heavens, the sky, the climate, as we pray it be done on earth. He's quoting there from, or effectively saying, that the Lord's prayer is pointless or has no power because God's will won't be done. Mm. Um on earth as it is in heaven, which um, I, I take issue with. Uh, but this whole thing, I I find it really difficult because I think I've said before, you know, I've grown up in farming and always had a keen interest in conservation. And um, so uh, I think I was thinking from a Christian perspective about the care and stewarding of God's creation, probably before most of these people who now seem to be obsessed with it were, mm. um, but no one was bothered about it then. But now, oh my goodness, every everyone, it, um, it, it just has become, well, like you've said before about a new religion, it's become an obsession. Um, and it's completely, it, it's just taken the entire focus, it would seem, in many churches. So, you know, there's no room for God, really. No, no. It's about um, worship of of the creation, I would say. Well, that'd be like Gaia worship, wouldn't it, really? Yeah. Sadly. Yeah. Um, yeah. Worship of the cre created rather than the creator. Yeah. Um, and it's what happens when you're, when, you know, something which, which can be a good thing, if the emphasis or if the sole focus becomes that thing, it can turn into something which can be used for bad. Mm. Mm. So, you know, the care of God's creation is not a bad thing and it is something that we're called to do. But that isn't what we're talking about now, this this um, eco-obsession. Yeah. Eco-gospel. I mean, yes. I mean, there, there is... There is there is the the original kind of mandate that God gave Adam and Eve. You know, subdue the earth, work, work, you know, work, work the land. You know, it's it's this is your job. And I think a lot of kind of uh, creation care theology stems from from that, doesn't it? And and certainly certainly we see throughout the Bible, you know, creation is is part of, if you like, the story for want of a better way to say it simply because this is where we live um but our i i would i would say our 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 mission is to proclaim the gospel of jesus christ yeah is not to, and it's not to be become um eco zealots um and i think that's that's really important and where this gets i 
where this gets complicated in a sense on one level is I, I I can think I'm sure you can think of soil Helen I, I can think of really good people that 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 I know um you know Christians who who love Jesus and they are really you know hot on this agenda of of climate change and you know looking at you know we've got to do what we can to to, to make the church more sustainable and, and and that that complicates it a little bit because what you end up with you end up with this 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 fudge and instinctively i think as christians what we tend to do is instead of saying hold on a sec that that that's a misdirection we say well actually because this person you know clearly loves jesus we'll we'll kind of let that go and it will just slowly seep into the the thinking and the life and the narrative of the church that i attend and that's what happens and before you know it you, you you've got you've got a real fudge of belief no longer are we proclaiming the gospel of jesus christ we're proclaiming a bit of Jesus, a, you know, quite a lot of Greta, um, a, a bit of Ukraine, whatever, whatever the current thing might actually be. And it's very confusing, I think, for those in the church, but it's incredibly confusing for those outside the church. Because they think, well, what's your, what's your message? What's your distinctive? Why are you different? Are you just... Are you just like people like me, but choose to meet together and sing once a week in a building? That's a bit weird. Um, I mean, the words of Paul to the Galatians rings loud here. And this is what he says. I'm astonished that you are so quickly deserting him who called you in the grace of Christ and are turning to a different gospel. Not that there is another one. But there are some who trouble you and want to distort the gospel of Christ. But even if we or an angel from heaven should preach to you a gospel contrary to the one we preach to you, let him be accursed. As we have said before, so now I say again, if anyone is preaching to you a gospel contrary to the one you received, let him be accursed. Those are really strong words, but that actually, I think, highlights the critical nature of of being clear about what the gospel is and about what our mission is. And Jesus is very clear about our mission in Matthew 28. Go out into all the world, proclaim the good news, make disciples, command them to do all I've taught you to do. Baptise them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. It doesn't add, it doesn't add a load of things in there, does he? No. Um, but yes, okay. No. And I think just just to finish on that, I think we're in grave danger of um, uh, belittling God and turning him into putting God in this in this box where he is not all powerful and where he is not the sustainer and creator of the earth um, and where we are instead, because this is what this is all about, isn't it? It's it's about um, this crazy belief that human beings can save the planet yes from from what i'm not sure um that we have the power it is the power we have the power to um change the climate mm. Mm. 
And I, I don't understand how, as a Christian, you can believe that that could be the case. No. I mean, you read, you read in Peter that this the, pre- the present, you know, present earth is is reserved for judgment by fire. So <laughs> I'm not quite... I'm not quite sure you, how this all really tallies up, um, but I don't think I don't think I don't think I don't think some people do, but I think many don't think it through properly. And and you know our encouragement would always be you know think this through. Just just because something is proclaimed from the rooftops, just because something is proclaimed from the front of church on a Sunday morning. Excuse me, you know, proclaimed from church on a Sunday morning. That doesn't mean to say it's true. I'm afraid. Get your Bible out, talk to God about it, um, and and think. Okay, does does what I'm hearing stack up with what God says in His Word? And if it doesn't, then you could safely discount it. Um, right. Shall we? Shall we move on? Because um, I think we're all being told now via the BBC we want to, we should be eating less meat because uh, the the BBC um, in in the kind of the who are the kind of Daily Mail for the chattering classes they they um, have ha- got a headline which says um, eating less meat is like t- is like. <laughs> It's very scientific, isn't it? It's used the word like, maybe, could be, maybe, possibly. Eating less meat is like taking 8 million cars off the road. I wonder, are those electric cars? <laughs> I, I, I don't I'm confused there. I'm not sure. Maybe they mean electric cars. Anyway, um, so, yeah, this kind of onslaught on our uh, way of life continues. Um um, what what do you want to say about this, Alan? Because this this is very much in your your kind of your field of experience and expertise. <laughs> well, <clears throat> excuse me. Um, yeah, I could say lots on this, but it's linked to the previous topic for me. It is it definitely, don't, definitely is. Yeah. Um, and uh, you know, like I've said before, I'm never going to advocate eating for eating less meat. Um, the the thing is, I mean, maybe we want to talk about the um this actual report a, a bit more but um the warning that i would give is as ever it's an over simplifying of the situation and the the idea the general idea is that all we have to do is reduce carbon emissions when in fact what they're usually talking about is carbon dioxide or methane in the case of cattle um but they're talking about complex systems that we don't really understand. We don't really understand these systems of climate and um, all these different uh, gases and, and what effects they may or may not have. Mm. And we're also talking about you know, carbon dioxide and methane. They are natural gases. It's not the same as releasing some toxic waste into rivers or the sea or the atmosphere. That's a, di- a different issue. We're talking about cattle yeah yeah it's not you know you shouldn't even be using the word emissions for goodness sake these are cattle yeah uh, yeah and and this 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 report that's been um um promoted via the via the via the bbc um you know it is just one it's just one uh, if you like arm of science is one is 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 a is a in quotes view of 
a particular group of scientists. It's not the science at all. And the, pro- the problem is, is that we we have got to that point now where anytime anybody sees the word scientist in a, in the news, immediately we think, oh, it must be true then. It must be true because a scientist has said so. And it just doesn't work like that, as, as we've said many, many times before. I mean, one of the... Um, uh, somebody from the, the British Meat Processors Association, um, they they argue that that this this report, this this assessment, if you like, is incomplete. You know, they say one of the frustrations with a report like this is that if it, it it looks just at the emissions from livestock production, it doesn't take into account that carbon gets absorbed into the grassland trees and hedgerows. If they took these sums into account, you'd probably have a different picture. Um, and even saying that, Defra still is calling for a 30% reduction in meat consumption. I mean, honestly, it's just, it's just, it's just, this is just nuts. And and they're really, the, the world is a vast place. And what they're asking us to believe is that occasionally where there are, you know, cows dotted around, that their methane output, etc., is really damaging the environment. And that's what they're asking us to believe. I, I struggle with that. Um, I mean, remember back in the 80s and 90s, do you remember that far back, Helen? Do you, me- do. Do you, mem- do you remember oh, yes. the ozone layer? And do you, me- yes. do you remember CFCs saying, oh, CFCs are going to damage the environment? And of course, yeah. you know, you think, oh, it was CFCs. from hairsprays and things. Well, it? they're talking about that, but it's, 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 it, 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 that's how the media kind of, um, presented as you know chlorofluorocarbons is what cfc stands for and um anyway uh, these could be all sorts of they're not just from cans like links and from like factories and cars and whatever and and interestingly interestingly lo and behold would you believe and this is according to nasa so you know must be true if it's according to nasa but but not well, in fact, most aerosol aerosols actually have a cooling effect on the planet. Whoa, really? And uh, according to NASA, they, since the Industrial Revolution, humans have pumped more and more aerosols into the air, and this in turn has actually counteracted global warming, in quotes, to a significant degree. And they say, using, they say this is NASA, using climate models... NASA estimates that aerosols have masked about 50% of the warming that would have otherwise have been caused by greenhouse gases trapped, trapping heat near the surface of the Earth. The point we're making here is that there is always going to be a narrative, and the narrative has one purpose, and that's to control. And it controls through fear, through lies, through half-truths. Sometimes there's always, sometimes it can be very much an element of, of truth in the narrative. Coercion. And I think this is very much about, about the meat thing. Because the, the Bible is clear. The Bible is clear. And we've got to go to the Bible for what our view as Christians should be. Not to the BBC, not to the Guardian, the Mail, whoever. Go to the Bible. And we're told by God that all food is given to us by him and it's good it's clear isn't it helen yeah yeah it is clear and and i would say that this agenda is part of the anti-human agenda yes i think it which is. is 
definitely an anti-God agenda. Mm. Yes. Um, and also, I would say, for those who are genuinely concerned about stewarding God's creation, then the keeping of livestock is part of sustainable agriculture. Um, they provide valuable fertilizer for the soil, which is needed for growing crops, as well as providing nutritious and healthy meat and dairy products. So, mm. um, you know, that's not talked about, is it? No, it's not. No, it's not. And and also, if you're not eating meat, what are you going to eat? Because you have to eat something in its place. Just have a think about that one. Let that thought sit with you a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> and if you're going to eat... it's not the answer you're hoping it's going to be. No. Because if you're going to eat, you know, you're going to eat vegetables or you're going to be eating insects, possibly. Mm. Um, but these things are going to be have to grow on something. And if it's not on soils that are fertilized by animal um fertilizer then it's going to be what labs greenhouses mm. growing with artificial fertilizers that's yeah. your only other option <laughs> yes it is it is but just 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 to reiterate this this point here we should because we want to be really clear about this is is that as christians um and if you're listening to this you're not a christian that's brilliant, and so glad you're listening to this. But for Christians, we should be going to the Bible as what our what our marker is, what our what we should do, how we should view the world, how we should formulate our worldview. And the Bible has a lot to say about what we put in our bodies and where that comes from. And it has much to say about God's creation in the right order, <laughs> not not elevating it, as we've already talked about. Go to go to the Bible and have a look at that. That should be that should be our marker. Um, and and I think yeah, if, you, if you're not a Christian, you listen, listen to this. This is why we we talk about this a lot because um, we we have to have we we all have a worldview that's formed by something. And either that worldview is going to be formed by the media, the news, websites, television, what we read, or it's going to be formed by what God says. Um, and I think it's really key that we get that the right way around. We're not saying, oh, you mustn't watch TV or you shouldn't watch TV. That'd be crazy. We can't, we can't do that. But we we view what we see and what we read on our televisions, on our computers, on our phones, through the lens of what God says in his word. We don't do it the other way around. And I think for many Christians, we do it the other way around. And this is why we end up with things like eco awards. Uh, right. Shall we move on? So we got, um, uh, I'll tell you what, I think we should... I think we should move on to Isabel. Actually, do you think that, Helen? Oh, shame. Go on then. No, no. Okay, then we'll go. Well, no, we'll go back. We'll go back. We'll go back. Well, I'm just thinking. I'm just conscious of the time. So basically, um, the uh, there's the, some bishops have, have signed a letter urging uh, legislation to ban conversion therapy uh, for people who maybe are same-sex attracted or identify as something other than the 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 body they 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 were born in and without going into detail just want to say from the outset the 
there, I think, a number of so-called conversion therapies that have left very, very deep scars on people, and it's 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 a, it's a terrible, a terrible thing. Um, but before we just talk a little bit about that, that this this letter um, that bishops have signed is it's an ongoing cause that's being pushed in this particular area, and it will come as no surprise to listeners of this podcast to hear that. Um, you know, the, the Oasis charity founder, that's the Reverend Steve Chalk and Jane Ozan, who's a member of the General Synod uh, and chairs the, the Ban Conversion Therapy Coalition. They're among the signatories to this um, which letter which the bishops assigned, as well as figures from Sikh LGBT plus groups and legal scholars and psychologists. So it's, it's, it's supposed to be a fairly kind of big hitting letter that's gone out. Um, and like we said, you know, I think historically you look at conversion therapies, thinking, "How can you? How can you do that? That's not right in that in, in the way that's been done. It should never have been done." On all all the rest of it, but the problem is, but that's that not what, what we're talking about because that's already illegal. That's yeah, not. But it, well, yes, but the but the but, but the problem, like the historical nature of it, isn't it, Helen? You know, yeah. do you know what I mean? It's like, but but the prob the problem is 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 it's conflating practices like perhaps like that with uh with which are which are abusive and have been outlawed to praying with somebody who struggles with same sex attraction for example and to conflate those two things is is evil isn't it yeah yeah because that's what that's what they want is um in their in their quest to so-called ban conversion therapy, what they want is is for there to be a ban on any kind of talking therapy or um, yeah. counselling or prayer um, in any way with people who struggle with same-sex attraction or um, gender identity issues, those kinds of things. Yes. And and that that is that is that is a chilling thing, that is a chilling thing uh, that 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 so many so-called church leaders are are willing to to get to get behind this. And and I'm you know some of these people that we've listed, they might call themselves church leaders, but they're not leading the church church of Christ. I don't know what church they're leading, but no. um, no. it's I not mean, a true church. Well, I was a bit shocked when I read. There are several bishops who signed this, and um, one of them I thought, oh, that's a familiar name. And when I checked him out, he is Bishop of Dorchester, which is in Oxfordshire, um, Gavin Collins, who he was my curate when I was in Cambridge. Uh, I used to babysit his children. (laughs) I was shocked, actually. Um, He's, um, yeah, his, I would not have imagined his views being like that back then, but um my question to him was would be whose side are you on, Gavin? Yeah. Yeah. And 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 any any if if as Christians we are prevented from speaking truth and offering hope into the lives of those that we come in contact with, then we are effectively stymied in in being able to share our faith as Christ calls us to. And we can't we can't allow that 
allow that to happen. I, th- I think as well, though, there is linked to this, there is a real confusion in church sometimes. And when I say in church, I'm not referring necessarily to my church. I'm just talking to the church in this country generally. The difference between um, people's pe- people can often be really reluctant to 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 talk about certain issues or or like LGBT plus topics um homosexuality be an, be another one they're reluctant to talk about it. they don't know how to talk about it which you can understand from a certain point of certain point because sometimes it can be tricky to know how to approach things without upsetting somebody etc but but the kind of the foundational thing that we should be able to agree on is simply well this is wrong in other words this is a sin so, for example, we would say, none of us would say, oh, well, you know, it's a bit tricky to talk about stealing because, you know, some people steal and it just it just happens, you know, and it's, it's okay. We start from the point that stealing is wrong and then extend grace out, recognizing that we all do things wrong. Some of us might have stolen, for example. We're all in need of grace. And I think this is where, as a church, we have become very confused, where we, we, we are reluctant to say this particular thing is wrong. It goes against what God says in his word. And we've got to agree on that. And it's from that basis that we then extend grace and hope and truth and love. And this this kind of um, this kind of approach is is really partly also just intended to muddy those waters, isn't it? Is to make it even more confusing, so people are afraid to say anything. And then, then of course, why would they pray with somebody? Why would they, um, you know, maybe to have a chat with somebody who's struggling with something? Because at the end of the day, if people don't, if people aren't seeing that this is a sin. What they'll do is they'll say, oh, it's just how that person is. Yeah. It's another example, isn't it, of us knowing better than God. It is. It and is. it's of us um, not taking God at his word and thinking that we know better. Yeah, it is. Which comes from a lack of fear of God and, and you know, lack of understanding of who he is. Yeah. No, yeah, you're right. It does. It does, um, and and I think sadly, what what the, the I, I I don't know, obviously, but I would I would not be surprised if the fallout from this is is very much a a parting of ways in the church, and what we'll see increasingly is an expression of a false church, and then we'll have the true church who actually do belong to Christ. And I think that that divide will become clearer and clearer. And as Christians, we've got to make sure that we're in that true church, that true body that do belong to Christ and encourage those around us to do the same. Yeah. Uh, anything to add or should we move on? Because I'm aware yeah, of time. On. I'm trying to keep yeah, it short on here, aren't we? Relatively short anyway. So so the last one, last oh, like kind of main thing we just want to chat about, touch about, touch on was um linked to this actually and um there's somebody who first mentioned i think when we spoke to dave brennan 
when we interviewed him in a podcast a while ago. And if you haven't listened to that podcast, please do, because it's on a very, very vital, important subject of, of abortion. Um, and so do have a listen to that because Dave has such a an amazing ministry and he, he speaks into something which many churches don't know how to talk about, struggle to talk about, and or just simply avoid altogether. But anyway, this lady, Isabel uh, Vaughan Spruce, she... Um, she was arrested and she was first arrested in December 2020. And this, this she was arrested for standing still, uh, silently outside an abortion facility in Birmingham. So she was stood there, not saying anything, not doing anything. And that's what she was arrested for outside an abortion facility in Birmingham. Police approached her, basically asked what she was doing. And after responding that she was not protesting, but she might be praying inside her mind, in other words, not speaking words out of her mouth, police then searched, arrested, interrogated and charged her on four accounts for breaking the so-called buffer zone around this Birmingham abortion facility. I'd just like to point something out here. Some people will be listening to this and saying, oh, Tim, you got this wrong. She wasn't arrested for standing still silently outside Birmingham. She was arrested for being in an area where she shouldn't have been. Okay, yes. If you want to be, take a kind of a letter of the law approach to this, you can view it like that, but you're missing the greater point. The greater point that actually is what going is going on here is a spiritual battle. And um, she was arrested for basically not doing anything. Anyway, so in February, uh, the case was um, uh, uh, dis- dismissed by the court and she was acquitted by the Crown Prosecution Service, who offered no evidence in support of the charges. Um, but then, despite the clear position of the CPS and the court, Isabel was arrested for exactly the same thing in March and issued the same bail conditions banning her again beyond the zone. Turns out that the West Midlands Police have now con- conceded that Isabel Vaughan Spruce is permitted within the area surrounding an abortion facility, um, and and she was subject to bail conditions for three months that prevented her from attending the censorship censorship zone outside an abortion facility in Birmingham. So we've we've got a good outcome in the sense that she she has uh, been uh, vindicated if you like there is still some un- there's still something unclear about exactly um her her kind of bail conditions i think but it's 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 over, it's it's moving in the right direction and is being a good outcome but but what's deeply concerning here is that this is um this is an indication of thought thought crime is 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 a reality. Um, we're not only losing freedom of speech, we're losing the freedom of thought, aren't we, Helen? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yes. It's crazy. So the battle is going on for freedom of speech, and and we're having to think about freedom of thought. Yeah, I mean that's just uh, just it's it's crazy, absolutely crazy. Um, and w- one question I have is. Why are people who clearly don't believe in God, why are they so bothered about people praying? They're bothered because the devil knows the power of prayer. And it's the Mm. same with conversion therapy that we were talking about Mm. before. Mm. Why are people bothered that people about people being prayed for? 
um, because the devil knows the power of prayer. And the same question, you know, if people might say, well, why does why does Isabel persist in doing this? Because she believes in the power of prayer. Yes. And yeah. she wants to pray for those women and for those babies. And yes. she believes that her prayers will make a difference. Yeah. Yeah. She's she's sta- standing standing on on, you know, the righteous righteousness that that is found in Christ, that uh, is made evident through the word of God, that life is precious, that we are made in the image of God, that that murder is wrong. Um, and if Christians don't speak up about this, well, who who will? Who will? I mean, certainly non-Christians can 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 um, protest, if you like, um, advocate for abortion being being banned. Absolutely, yeah. But but if Christians aren't aren't speaking up about this, then I think there 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 is there is a real there is a pro- problem, isn't it? But this 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 kind of thing it makes us uncomfortable, doesn't it? In or I can relate to this anyway. In our kind of our sort of um, middle class church sensibilities inside, it's like oh oh, it's a bit harsh to be out going and standing outside a an abortion facility, isn't it? How do you think that make those poor women feel who are walking there, seeing you there? Oh, that's a that's a bit. No, you shouldn't. You shouldn't do that. You, 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 you just pray at home, Isabel. Just pray at home. That's what you should be doing. Do you know what I mean, Helen? It's, yeah. It's, it, and and this this thinking has has infiltrated the church to the point where I think, what what do we stand for besides climate change and flying a flag for Ukraine? Yeah. I mean, seriously, what what do we stand for? Do we stand for truth? Do we stand for righteousness? Do we do we do we proclaim the cross of Christ? Do we proclaim His return? Do we? Because I'm not I'm not seeing yeah. that. I'm he- I'm just hearing a lot of words sometimes, and yeah. and you know, I, I personally I'm really challenged by this because I think I look at somebody like Isabel, I think wow, you know you 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 are making a stand, and uh, may, maybe this is maybe this is something you know. We should look to do to pray, pray for you know, pray, pray like you say, pray for these sometimes broken women who have found themselves turning to these kind of institutions to solve their problems. When actually, it's not going to be the answer. Um, and it's heartbreaking. It's heartbreaking. Uh, compare this, all right? Compare this. Com- we've got these just stop oil clowns. That have been in the news a lot. The fact that we give them headline space, okay, is is very telling. The best thing that the media could do with just stop oil is not report them. That's if they did that, it would stop tomorrow. Well, yeah, maybe next week. But they don't. It's that. It's that kind of. Uh, it's that craftiness which the media say where the media pretend to be on your side, but are not really. They're driving the same agendas as just stop oil people. But anyway, that that's not the point. The point is. Look at look at just stop oil and the people doing that. These people are supported by the police. The police aren't arresting them for obstructing the, the highway. They they arrest any motorist who might get angry enough to actually kind of shove a protester out of the way or something like that. But they won't arrest the just stop oil people straight away, at least. And these people are causing clear disruption and harm to people's livelihoods and going about their daily business. And yet somebody praying silently outside a clinic that facilitates the murder of the unborn, that's unacceptable. 
And what this, I think, says is that our culture in the West is so profoundly, deeply broken. If you think the West is home to the righteous and the good, think again. It's not. It's not. Um, And we need, I think as Christians, we need to find a way to maybe repent, to, to turn fully to what God calls us to, um, and to find ways to, to hold out the truth to this broken world in a way that's actually going to help them understand this truth and through God's Holy Spirit respond to it. We get anything else on that one, Helen? Because it's 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 quite profound, isn't it? What she does, I think, and she's not the yeah. only one. There's lots of people. There are lots of people around the country who do this as well. Yeah, there are, and I would say if anyone wants to to get involved, again, like you said, listen to our podcast with Dave Brennan, and the links on there. Um, you can find out more about Breffos and about the organisation and their um, uh, their work with churches and their campaigning work, and get involved. Yeah, yeah, do that, do, and do, definitely, definitely, definitely check out um, Dave at Breathos and what they do because it's so, it's so key. And and the amazing thing is, right? The amazing thing is they've got lots of resources to help your church talk about this very difficult subject of abortion, and um, it, that can be profoundly good for the church to hear that. And so, um. This isn't about bashing people around the head or anything like that. It's about it's about helping us understand the importance of this issue and why we should be talking about it, and so that we can um, do what God has called us to: to stand for truth, justice, and righteousness, as we proclaim the risen Christ. Right? Shall we finish with the Bible? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I'm going to read from um, one John chapter four, um, and. This where is talking about um, false prophets and the spirit of the Antichrist. And um, so I'll read from verse five. They are from the world, therefore they speak from the world, and the world listens to them. We are from God. Whoever knows God listens to us, but who, whoever is not from God does not listen to us. By this we know the spirit of truth and the spirit of error. Thank you. That really, that really kind of resonates with the, some of the things we've been talking about, doesn't it? Um, those who are from the world speak like the world. They have the same message that the world has, and the world listens to them. And as Christians, as followers of Jesus, we are not from the world. We're from God, and whoever knows God recognizes that and there is a spirit of truth but there's also a spirit of error and i think what we're seeing a lot of now is a spirit of error and sadly sometimes we're seeing that infiltrating the church um you know we're never as christians we're never to assume that every spiritual experience or every demonstration of spiritual power is from god that's a mistake to do that we must test spiritual experiences as it says in thessalonians were to do that and and to see if in fact they are from god or not that's what god god's word tells us to do and it's a responsibility not only of church leadership but of every christian 
Um, and so I think just want to just want to say just be encouraged in this we know we talk about things sometimes can be a little bit heavy and think oh isn't this a bit like oh you know doom and gloom it's not doom and gloom because jesus is coming back Uh, but we have to just understand the reality in which we find ourselves in and we need to encourage one another encourage one another all the more as you see that day approaching as god's word tells us and do again like we say many times we won't stop saying this but do encourage your church leadership in this area if you can um, because they need it and sometimes they need a sound person to come up to them and give them a little bit of steering a little bit of encouragement exhortation is really important as well really do that um and uh yeah let's be filled with the spirit ourselves as we continue to seek hard after truth do you want to add anything helen well just um to reiterate really that this is a spiritual battle that we're in. It is. Um, the enemy has some considerable power, although God has the victory won. Um, and we need to be asking whose side are we on? There's no yes. there's no fence to sit on, there's no middle ground. Um, and I think many people have have seen that. Even people who who weren't Christians who've come to faith have seen that that they've witnessed a battle between good and evil. And yeah. they've realised that they want to be on the right side. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, and we're in, we're in this battle together. We all need help in it. We all need help in it. And none of us are, you know, we're not going to get everything right. But we need to need to help one another, encourage one another, um, as we battle together. Right? Should we end there? Yep. Okay. Awesome. Um. Please do share this podcast with those you think it would encourage or challenge. Um, Again, if you ever have any feedback, you can get in touch with us. Do let us know um, what you think or if there's topics you'd like us to cover. Um, You can find all the various links and things on our link tree. So links to um, the various ways you can listen to the podcast, links to Helen's Substack, um, links to support the podcast if you want to do that through Buy Me A Coffee, which is always appreciated. We also have a a small Telegram group, which we share things in between podcasts. Um, not loads of things, but just things that we think are interesting. Um, so that's that's that can be useful as well. That's it, isn't it, Helen? That's it. Right. Awesome. Well, we'll see you guys in the next one. Yeah. Bye.